Welcome to episode nine of the Six Team Podcast. How you doing, PJ? I am feeling really good. Uh, I finally moved. Uh, this is the first episode coming to you from San Jose. Uh, one oh of, wow! Yeah, one wasn't of, even aware of that. Yeah, finally got into got my folks into their new place, and then I'll be moving to Chicago later in this month. So, first of two moves for me in this ridiculous December to end off a ridiculous year. But <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I'm happy to happy to have this just to relax, sit on some still packed boxes, and talk about my favorite picks this week. Yeah, I love it. Happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish listeners out there. Night one is tonight on this Thursday evening recording. We'll be posting tomorrow, Hanukkah day two. Shout out my man Jack Zager if you're listening. Um, <laughs> anyone else? Anyone else of the Jewish of the Jewish personal day? shout out? Personal, personal shout out. out. Uh, I said I said Mazel Tov to Miles before recording. He corrected me pretty quickly. He said that's not how we do that. And I said that's fine. I'm here to learn about Judaism. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah <laughs> so last week we had the the six team bowl as the coastal carolina byu matchup molds versus mormons and you were right pj i gotta give you credit i was laying the points with byu i was never in that game coastal money line pulled it out for you yeah i just i I, they're a Cinderella story this year, and I yeah. I felt like this was the game that they needed under a national spotlight to really prove themselves to the casual fan, somebody who hasn't been watching Grayson McCall all year. And um, he showed that he's not just an option quarterback. He played really well. He stayed in the pocket against a fearsome BYU Cougars defense. And, I mean, that stop at the end of the game, like, that's just that's just yeah. what you watch football for. Like, what an exactly. incredible game for college football in general. Um, and I'm excited to just keep keep rolling with the shot to clear same same as we have all year yeah i hear you and i was just straight up wrong about byu i mean i thought they were just tougher and like you know bigger tougher more talented more disciplined um i thought they could match them on a passion level and i was just wrong because i've always had this idea that you know byu football has nothing else to live for this sure. is what this is what they're there to do. You know what I mean? Um, they're big, talented guys, and they're usually underrated to me. And I was just wrong. Um, Coastal beat them on an energy level, on a passion level. It just like, they really just, you know, they were outclassed the whole game, and I thought it was going to be the other way around. Yeah, I felt like I was on the wrong side of it the entire time. Could yeah. have been more right there. The Chanticleers just have so much fun playing football. Like, it's it's so apparent every single time. Every yeah. time we watch, sit down to watch one of their games, um, it's just a super fun program. And, and it's got to be a little bit scary for people who've, you know, anointed Zach Wilson as maybe QB2 in this class as an NFL prospect. Yeah. His his first game against ranked opponent and he 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 didn't look incredible no he didn't he didn't show what people thought he would for sure and that 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 coastal defense was more physical than people thought as well it'll be definitely a storyline we can uh, we can look at for the rest of this season yeah the um the another thing i want to talk about was abilene christian uh they covered again last night they were 15 and a half point dogs against texas tech i believe they went into lubbock to play texas tech um and lost but lost by six or seven they were up one with seven minutes to play i saw so it was a it was a true coast if you had the 15 and a half i know i gave it to the group chat which always felt exactly yeah no you've been hammering this acu ball club the entirety of the season and they're what now four no against the spread Yes, exactly. 4-0 against the spread. I I know they've played um six games now, but two of them were against like 
and not NCAA schools, sure. so they weren't given lines. Because I don't know, they they would have been like thirty seven point favorites in like two of those games, and those games are the two that didn't count. They were playing like so, Western like, Michigan in- Institute of Technical. No, Inst- exactly. Arts. Like, they were these <laughs> tiny, uh, like Texas local Texas schools. So um, they're four and zero on Vegas Insider as. Yeah, the recorded up is 4-0. Pretty spectacular. Haven't lost against the spread yet. You know, I gave them out three weeks ago. I don't know who else talking about Abilene Christian this year. Absolutely. I'm I'm excited to be early on this wave and early on this bandwagon, and I hope we can just keep making money betting on them. Exactly. Uh, you want to get in your locks? Yeah, uh, I'll get into my locks this week. I'm going to give you one from the NFL and one from college. Where should I start? Let's go college. I'll start with college, and I'm going to – Roll with the same team we've been talking about to open this week up, and it's Coastal Carolina. They're on the road against a good Troy team, a Troy team that I think is underrated, um, which is evidenced by this 13.5 line that Coastal has on the road. But what I love here is to tease Coastal to the over of that game. Mm -hmm. So you've got Coastal minus 7.5 to over 45.5 total. Yeah. Um, this is a game that's going to score a lot of points. We know that these smaller schools love to run it up against each other, and I'm going to talk, talk about that a little bit more later as well. But I think that Coastal wins this game comfortably by double digits. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to keep rolling with the Chanticleers until they prove otherwise. Yeah, I hear you. You know, it's always scary after a big home win like that uh, with, you know, college game day coming in that they have that slump. They, they you know, they're just overlooking Troy. Sure. But I really think that, um, you know, Coastal Carolina has the character and the, you know, the passion not to do that. So I hear you. I like that call laying the points. Uh, my first lock is actually going to be in college as well. Uh, I've been giving away Colorado as my call the last few weeks. They're only laying two and a half at home this week against Utah. This Utah team got manhandled by USC. And I think USC is not a legit 18th, 20th in the nation team at all. So uh, Utah isn't, isn't the type that can knock off this undefeated Colorado team at home. Uh, Yeah. I'm just laying the points with Colorado until they prove to me that they, you know, can't do it anymore but utah i don't think should be just a two and a half point dog i would lay i would say they're like a six seven point you know touchdown touchdown dog against colorado i'm gonna lay these two and a half points it should be a coast absolutely i like that as well um i'm gonna move into the nfl and this one is sad um i i'm a devout Seattle Seahawks fan, and I had to watch us get just manhandled by two high safeties against the New York Giants. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's an uninspired offense right now. The play calling is poor. Um, Brian Schottenheimer is stuck in his dad's offense. He's doesn't have a cover two beater in his playbook, and that's why I'm going to tease the Jets to the under in this game against Seattle. Uh, you get the Jets plus twenty one points right now. The last time the Seattle Seahawks beat a team by 21 or more points was week six of the 2018 season. Wow. I was not aware of that. That's a pretty staggering statistic, given they've had such talented roster. Yeah, just the way that Pete Carroll coaches football games, they do not win games convincingly. Um, Mm -hmm. Just game after game, year after year, it's evident that this team takes its foot off of the gas and they do not cover lines like this. I even yeah. would take the jets plus 15 in this game. I, I really, even with such a talent disadvantage, do not see Seattle coming out and winning by three scores. So take the jets plus 21 to under 53 points. 
Uh, I like this line a lot, and it bums me out to say that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, I was going to say that must be painful for you. I can't believe, like, it's historic to say that, you know, you take the Jets over your own Seahawks. But it does make a hell of a lot of sense here. I totally get that. Absolutely. I would be, I would be ecstatic if they could win this game by 20 points, but I just do not see it happening under any circumstance. Yeah, no, I hear you. You can, oh, yeah, with that kind of defense, it's hard to win by three scores. So I'm actually going to go with the Saints here as my next lock, laying six and a half, just betting against uh, this Jalen Hurts debut. Um, I think the Saints defense is the last few weeks, they've proved themselves as one of the like a top three defense in the NFL. You know, they bully quarterbacks, they get interceptions, they're physical defense. And I think that's just a hard defense to make your NFL start debut against. So I think it's definitely going to be a more than a six and a half point game for the Saints. Um, I see a two touchdown victory and a coast. And I, I'm not sure if we're going to, I think it's going to be Taysom Hill, right? We're not getting breezy. Absolutely. Back. Yeah. It'll be Taysom. Yeah, so it, Taysom Hill, you know, he's proved himself too. I, I, I'm a fan uh, of what he can do. He's yeah, he's tough. And I'm going with the Saints minus six and a half. This is the game I'm most excited to watch uh, this Sunday. I was one of the biggest detractors and haters of Taysom Hill in the world. Yeah. I hated the way that they used him as a gadget player. I thought it was so stupid and redundant. And every time he fumbled the ball or, or threw a bad ball, I was like just using it as fire to, to, to fuel my argument. But he's been so good as a starting quarterback. Granted, he's still not a natural thrower of the football. He's not a franchise quarterback, but he wins games for them. But with this like kind of faux option offense that Sean Payton is running through him and Latavius Murray primarily, uh, Alvin Kamara has been quiet the past couple of weeks. And then this secondary has just some of my favorite personnel in football. I love Marcus Williams. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, safety out of Florida, miraculously fell, I think, to the fourth round. Maybe mm-hmm. was that a year ago or two years ago? Uh, he, was, he was my safety one in that class. He was my favorite safety by far. Um, he's been excellent in, in the NFL. And Marshawn Lattimore is finally starting to look like Marshawn Lattimore again after a sophomore slump. So, yeah, it's not a secondary you want to go up against as – in your NFL debut. And uh, I'm just excited to see what Jalen hurts can do against this spectacular defense, because whatever it is, it won't be worse than Carson Wentz. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, There's not much room to go down for a quarterback play for the Eagles this year. So I I, I understand this move. I just think it was the wrong week uh, given the Saints defense. Absolutely. Do you want to get into some diamonds in the rough? Absolutely. Throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe. My diamond in the rough is coming to you from British football. Uh, Millwall versus Bristol City. Millwall is out of East London. Scrappy. Um, and Bristol City is obviously, uh, you know, west of that in like the, the Cardiff, Wales, uh, Bristol area. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know all about that. Yeah, you sound you that. sound confident. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Bristol City uh is playing two days before this game. So this is gonna be like a close to a back-to-back or as close to a back-to-back as it gets in British soccer. I'm going under two and a half goals. I believe the line is at two. You can buy the or you could get a really generous odds at under two. 
and then uh you know with some juice you can get yeah by the half under two and a half which is what i would tell you to do here bristol city's tired i don't see them scoring but they're still tough millwall gets one goal at the most i see a definitely under two and a half goal game in this game on the 15th of december I have got a diamond in the rough that is really non-traditional because it's coming to you from one of the three major American sports. We're talking about the NBA, but I wanted to use some type of excuse to sprinkle a little bit of NBA. Uh, We're recording this on the 10th. Tomorrow is the preseason debut of the NBA coming back. I get to see Patrick Williams in a Chicago Bulls jersey, which I'm super excited about. Fun. But, um... My my diamond in the rough this week is Terry Stotts is plus 3,000 to win NBA Coach of the Year. Okay. I think Portland is going to challenge for a top three seed in the Western Conference uh, with the additions that they made. I love Robert Covington for that team. I think he's a perfect wing defending 3-4 hybrid. He's just like a souped up version of, you know, a Mo Harkless or Al Farouk Amino, who they had a ton of success with uh, their pre- yeah. previous years in Portland. Um, Mello is back. They added Enos Cantor back. Um, all the personnel is here, and I think that they have one of the deepest rosters in basketball. And if they're mm-hmm. a top three seed in the West, like I imagine that they will be, um, Terry Stotts is great odds at plus 3,000 to win Coach of the Year because you know, if you consider small market team with you know, a superstar, but not a guy who's viewed in the same tier as a LeBron, KD, Steph Curry, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, uh, and Damian Lillard. I think that this would be a big storyline pick for the NBA. Uh, so 100%. plus 3,000 is fantastic odds. I really think that it only makes sense to bet on a small market coach for this award. I mean, it, it's just where they look. It's the transition from small market to um you know a a big name in the nba is what they look for so it definitely makes sense to look for portland for this award i like that absolutely do you want to start talking about fading those stats yes sir getting into fade those stats one of y'all want a quick fade what just a quick fade no just a quick fade y'all the stat that i am fading this week is um utah is seven and one in its last eight games playing Colorado straight up. Colorado at home, I already talked about it as a lock, but money line minus 145 at home. It's going to be a coast of a victory. They're going to be more physical and tougher than this Utah team at home. I like that pick a lot. You've already talked about Colorado, and I'm I'm in on it with you. Um, I am going to talk about an NFL running back who has only gone over 100 yards rushing three times in his 27-game career. Mm-hmm. He's only hit that mark three times. I think he hits it this week against the abysmal Houston Texans rush defense. And that's David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears. Okay. I think he's like going to hit 100-plus yards rushing. And right now, the line that I've found for his over-under rushing yards total is 60 and a half. Yes, that makes sense. It makes sense because he's not a guy who really rushes for yards in this quantity, this volume, but he's looking better than ever. He's starting to look like that guy that he was at Iowa State that convinced people he could be, you know, a Frankenstein of, of Ezekiel Elliott, Sony Michelle, uh, Saquon Barkley. Have you, have you seen that graphic that I'm referring to? I haven't, but I kind of see what you're, I can imagine. The I've got to send it to it you. Up. It's yeah. hilarious. Like during an Iowa State game, 
um, uh-huh. there's there was a graphic that they put up and it was running back Frankenstein and it showed a picture of David Montgomery yeah. <laughs> and he said he's got the the feet of Saquon Barkley, yeah. the vision of Ezekiel Elliott, the da 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 da, and then he came out his rookie year and averaged like three and a half yards a carry. Oh, um, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was just so much fuel for like all of the all of the running backs don't matter nerds like myself who yes, reveled in the guys. fact that he was taken in the second round. But besides that, I think he's gonna have a monster game this week against Houston. Uh, I think that they're gonna look to run the ball a lot to keep the ball out of Deshaun Watson's hands, uh, mm-hmm. and I think he smashes the over 60 and a half so take the david montgomery over rushing yards prop this week love it and i know it was last week you and wyatt both cast on that over correct uh yeah two weeks ago we took the david montgomery over in the green bay game which was one of his 300 yard total rushing games in his career so yeah and it was so funny the way that won it was the first carry of the game he had 56 on the first carry 65 on the first carry i had 50 i had 52 and a half was the line uh and he he ran for 57 on the first carry yeah (laughs) it was it was it was glorious i couldn't have been happier i was jumping for joy uh and our guy wyatt our guy wyatt i think had like over 63 is what he needed yeah. Uh and he turned like a forty dollar ticket into five something. So Yeah. Happy for that kid. Yeah, so Always. we're rolling with David Montgomery. Yeah, love it. Now getting into the six teamers. Um I'll go ahead and begin. Um starting off with the locks I already gave you, which was Colorado minus two and a half and Saints minus six and a half. I think Colorado at a home, as we talked about. They're underrated by these books to this day. They should, they're a top 20 team and they deserve it. I think they're the best team in the Pac 12 South. Uh, Saints minus six and a half, really just going against the Jalen Hurts experience on his debut. Love the Saints D. Now I got UNC plus three points against Miami. I know we don't like Sam Howell and UNC that much now, but, but this is Miami team is the worst. 10 over 10th overall team in the history of the NCAA. Like uh, they had last year, they had Tate Martell, uh, literally the biggest bust of a quarterback in college football history. And I think De'Aaron King. I like De'Aaron King. I know you like him. I like De'Aaron King. I'm a sucker. A bust this year. Sure. I'm, I'm always a sucker for short mobile quarterbacks um that's yeah. that's really my kryptonite as we've seen with shea words hope you're feeling better shea i hope he's playing this week yeah i saw he didn't and they still covered i think right i don't know if they i think they lost but they might have covered but yeah okay uh i like dr king a lot i think that both of these acc programs are frauds so yeah it'll be interesting to see see how they look compared to each other um UNC did not cover last week uh, their 50-point margin against yes. Western Carolina, which, uh, which I know I talked about. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I can see the process rolling with UNC this week. Yeah, no. So I'm taking the points in this, in this fraud bowl, you can call it. Um, I'm just really betting against Miami here. I think they're the worst tent, like high, like it's it, they're just incorrectly ranked, in my opinion, completely. They battled with teams like NC State, like UAB. There wasn't a dominant performance against UAB. Absolutely, like I don't, yeah. I don't understand it. Um, why they're tenth? Anyway, getting on to Florida State Duke under fifty seven. Duke doesn't have much of an offense, and neither does Florida State. Florida State's quarterback left the program. A lot of kids left the program. Um. Florida State, Duke under. They just really don't have the offenses to score 58 points in this game, going under 57. 
Akron Buffalo, some Maxton. Actually, the last two picks I'm giving you are some Max. Oh, shoot. Nope. Change the last one. This just this pick is Maxton. Excuse me. Akron Buffalo over 59. <laughs> I love, I love Mac overs. I they have can score 21 points. Pick. Oh, that's hilarious. I have that pick as well. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm all in on you with you on this one. They can score 21 points in seven minutes. It happens. We saw Buffalo put up, what was it, 65 with eight touchdowns by that one Dan Peterson, Patterson. Um, But, yes, Akron Buffalo over 59. Love it. Might go over in the third. Georgia Mizzou over 54. I like JT Daniels slinging it at Georgia. I think he – I I was a big JT Daniels hater. I've changed my mind. Um. Cause I thought he was overrated at USC to be honest. And then I didn't think he'd get really any looks at Georgia and he's taking advantage of his opportunity at Georgia. Got to respect it. Um, I think he could put points on the board for Georgia and he's got, he's a really confident quarterback. He slings it. And Mizzou is definitely good for at least 21 against Georgia, even though they have this professional defense. I think Georgia's defense is so good that they literally, they, you know what I mean? They cause turnovers. They cause points. You don't even want to bet the under on a Georgia game these days because Georgia's defense can score points too. Uh, Georgia Mizzou over 54. Those are my six. I like it a lot. I, I love that you had that Buffalo Akron game. We didn't even talk about that one, but um, yeah. So I'm obviously just going to start it right there. Buffalo versus Akron over 59 points. Absolutely. Everything you said, Jarrett Patterson could do it himself if he wanted to. Um, and then I've got Arizona, the cats, Plus 11 and a half at home like versus Arizona State. Going to be a tight game, at least. Absolutely. This might just be narrative driven, but these type of rivalry games are not two score blowouts. Like you saw a yeah. Michigan, Michigan State game where a Michigan State is, you know, s- far less talented than Michigan, but that game ended up going down to the wire. And I think Michigan was like a 15, 20 point favorite in that ball game. So I'm rolling with that logic there. These games are always tough. Uh, so I like an 11 and a half point. Uh, dog at home in a rivalry game. So those yeah. are my two college picks, and we're going to get to the NFL. Uh, Green Bay versus Detroit. I'm going to take under 55 and a half points in this one. Mm-hmm. Last week, I took the under on the highest total of the week, and it burned me. I'm going back to the well again this week, though. I think <laughs> if DeAndre Swift comes back, which I anticipate he will, that Detroit is going to lean on the run a little bit more than they have in these past weeks. Um, last week was the first game without uh, uh, Beardy, what's his face? Matt Patricia. First game yeah. since he got fired, and the team rallied around that, around Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, the interim head coach, and they took vertical shots. It was like Matt Stafford was back in 2016 again. Um, yeah, but this Green game. Bay, it really was against the Bears. But this... Green Bay defense is nothing to play with, and I think that this game will stay under. Next, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears plus one at home against the Houston Texans. Um, Like I already said, I think David Montgomery is going to dominate in this game on the ground, and if they do so, I think that they're going to win this game outright. Um, Deshaun Watson's been fantastic ever since Bill O'Brien has been canned, but I do not think that they're a team that deserves to be a road favorite at this point with how poor their defense has played and the fact that they just were not able to cover against a, an Indianapolis team who has a similar, if not worse, defense than the Chicago Bears. So this line just doesn't really make sense to me. I love the Bears there at home. I have got the Ravens minus one on the road versus Cleveland on Monday night. I like that. I like it a lot, too. I think that Lamar Jackson 
finally started showing a little bit of sign, a couple of signs of life. Still not the same accuracy that he had last year in his MVP season, but he showed a lot of life on the ground since coming back from COVID. He looks refreshed. He looks very good. And I am just not a fan of this Browns team still, even, even after, you know, a convincing first half against the Tennessee Titans. Um, they almost lost that game. And nobody, nobody's talking about it. They're only talking about Baker in the first half. They probably should have lost that game. They were up 35 nothing at half and ended up winning 41-35. That's insane. Was it really 35 nil? It was, it was 28 or 35. It was atrocious. Baker uh, had like four passing touchdowns in the first half. That's insane. I didn't even know that they got shut out in the first half. That's crazy. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, the Browns fell apart in the second half. Uh, and then the last game in my six-team parlay this week is the Los Angeles Chargers plus two and a half at home against the Falcons. I know, I know 45 to nothing is enough to scare anybody away, and I completely understand that. But they were playing against Bill Belichick, and if you look at Bill Belichick's track record against rookie quarterbacks, this is just exactly what he does. He runs stunts. He disguises coverages better than anyone in the league, and he confuses rookie quarterbacks like crazy. You know who doesn't do that? Raheem Morris and the Atlanta Falcons. That defense is terrible. They are mm. so bad. And I think that uh, Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler are going to get back to absolutely smashing in this matchup at home. Uh, I like them to win outright, but take the points plus two and a half as a home dog. I hear you. I like that. The thing is, what will, what is Anthony Lynn's future with the Chargers? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, Jesus. he's out of there. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's arguably the worst head coach in football right now. His game management, uh, his clock management is just atrocious, and you got to feel bad for Justin Herbert. Um, I would love to see, like, maybe Eric P. Enemy or Brian Dable or one of these good offensive coordinators, uh, kind of younger mind, come in and get to work with, work and grow with Herbert and Allen and Eckler and Mike Williams, who's really good, and you know Hunter Henry, who they extended. Um, the pieces are yeah. there to be a fantastic offense. It's just about staying healthy for the Chargers. It's it's been the same song for for years now. I feel like we haven't seen Derwin James play for two and a half years, and he was arguably the best player on the ball club. So, yeah, I'm super excited to see the Chargers next year under a new regime for sure. I hear you. Now I am 29, 18, and one after last week. Hopefully we can get to 30 wins this week. That would be a nice check mark on the pod. Yes, be interesting in like 20 weeks, if we really do continue, like we'll be in the hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll have these legit, numbers are gonna get really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it'll 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 be fun because they're they're our legit records. You know what I mean? It's cool. Yeah, and it would be super fun, like with a futures bet like this, if we can look back and I said on December 10th that Terry yeah. Stotts was going to win coach of the year. And then in, you know, July or whatever, it's finally announced something like that would be really fun. So yeah. Proof, proof is there. Proof is in the pudding and you have got plenty of reason to stick around with us at the 16 podcast. Yes. Thank you for listening. Nine episodes deep now. And we look forward to more.